It's getting hot outside, mostly from all the grills firing up. Summer grilling is upon us, and if you're looking for the perfect cuts to put on your grill this year, look no further than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is the place to get 100% American meat this summer. I love how easy it is to get all my favorite cuts of beef, chicken, and even seafood shipped right to my door. With meat prices higher than ever, Good Ranchers is giving you free steaks. That's right, free steaks. So right now, get two free 18-ounce prime center cut ribeyes with my code Dana. That's a $100 offer free to you. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana for over two pounds of free ribeye steaks added to your order at no cost to you. This is a limited time deal, so don't miss out on your free 18 ounce prime center cut ribeyes because I promise you they're not going to be around for long. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana and use code Dana. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Dana, code Dana. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Incredible progress on the uh, progress on the economy from where we were a year and a half ago. We got a long way to go because of inflation, because of the I call it the Putin tax increase. Putin because of gasoline and all that grain he's keeping from being able to get to the market. That's just some of the dumbest stuff I think I've ever heard. All the grain that he's you know the grain he won't let get to the market. It's it's Putin's price hike again. I don't know how many times we got to say it. I guess as many times as they, as they do. That's not how this works. That's not what happened. Welcome to the show. Happy Thursday to you. It's your lovable curmudgeon, your mean girl, who's your friend. Dana Lash here with you. Always good. I hope uh, you sign up for the newsletter chapter and verse because all good things there. I've got a, a few things to get to today. Mainly, uh, there's we're going to be spending a big chunk on um, economy and energy and kind of what's happening elsewhere and what could happen here if we don't get a uh, handle on some things just you know not just you know it's just we're just 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 uh, some stories just to keep you apprised of what's happening you know just a little little bit so to start off with I have well we have you know the president saying that the economy is great they've taken it in a great direction but progressives his own party doesn't necessarily believe that and progressives are having a really hard time not well they don't they don't really believe it either they're having a really hard time also getting their voters to believe this he was going to who's the the uh goofball running in uh ohio what's his face i don't care don't tell me because i don't care it's it's a guy he's a democrat he's 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 all about biden but he apparently is running away from him so biden went up there to do some electioneering and the dude was like no and ran away and hid apparently had didn't want anything to do with him no didn't want anything to do with him so he ran away and hid that's yeah, well that's what they say but we know what it is that's actually worse than when obama was going for his second uh his second term and they had midterms and oh my gosh it was so bad he ended up getting well he called it a shellacking he lost his democrat majority he lost everything nobody wanted to fundraise with him and in the end claire mccaskill the old senator old former senator from missouri she loved always loved fundraising with you know the democrat whether it's hillary clinton or bill clinton until it wasn't um, until it, it hurt her optic, uh, didn't want to campaign with Barack Obama. I'll never forget that. So here we have, it's even worse with Joe Biden. You know, it doesn't help when you bring your crackhead son on the balcony like he's the Queen of England and you wave at everyone after he's after he records himself fondling himself, smoking crack and drinking in a, de- what is it, a sensory deprivation tank? Didn't look like there was any deprivation happening. So gross. Why would you want to? Why would you want to fundraise with that? 
Cheers. Dude, can I just... It's so gross. I hate the fact that... I mean, this is like news I have to cover. This naked 50-something-year-old man sitting in... a Boy, male, sitting in a tank being nasty. It's just disgusting, dude. It's just... He's like just a nasty person. He looks dirty. You know, one of those people that look like their fingernails are probably always dirty. Like that kind of guy, you know? So... That's, I mean, I would say that that doesn't help anything. The fact that he constantly is focusing this much attention on his son. Also, the fact that, you know, he thinks the economy is doing great when people are looking at the price, just the mere price of eggs and the increase in the price of eggs. It's crazy. So the progressives are upset because they say, look, we're, we're well, we are in inflation, uh, recession. We're in a recession. They keep saying, well, we're, we're worried that he's going to put us in a recession. No, kids, we're there. Hi. Hi. Yeah, we're there. Everything's, everything's increased. So they're mad because he's, he wants to focus on trying to control the economy, and they fear that that's going to bring further attention to how bad the economy is doing. I don't know that you could worry about further attention going on how going towards the economy. I don't think that's your problem. Maybe, maybe you should propose some good ideas and have the, inter- the the attention go towards that. Just a suggestion. They're not going to, they, but they don't want that suggestion. They don't want to, because this is, it's about re- reset, the great reset or whatever. Look, I'm telling you, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. I'm pretty Occam's razor about stuff. And wait until I share some of these other headlines with you and you're going to, you're going to shake your head. Oh, I see where you're coming from. There was one unnamed administration official who said it was frustrating that Biden appeared to focus more on moderate solutions as opposed to actually solving it. And you had uh, Premier Jayapal, who could not do math to save her life, said it would be a tragedy if Biden allowed his Fed to jack up interest to jack up interest rates and plummet the economy into a recession. Well, we're there. We're already in a recession. And since the government doesn't want to stop spending, that's the only other thing that they that they have. I mean, that's that's the only other thing they got. Telling you what. Now, here's the other thing. I saw a lot of headlines on this this morning. The uh, Brittany Griner, the WNBA chick. I don't care. I don't care about it. Why am I supposed to give a rat's ass about an athlete that slammed America, took a knee, mocked the anthem, and then knowingly apparently brought a banned substance into Russia and then was caught for it? Why do I care? You have Americans that have been imprisoned over there for like far less, actually for nothing. No, I don't. I'm not even going to entertain the idea of discussing drugs and Russia's law. I don't care. Don't care. I just and I have zero ounce of concern for her. I just don't care. Don't care. Do you care? I don't care. Go over there and suck your vitamin pack down. Go ahead. I don't care. I don't care. Do you care? I don't care. It's why? Maybe maybe you should. Oh, you mean that you you this is you. You thought the anthem was dumb. You wanted to take a knee. Now, hey, now what about this? How is this what you wanted? Some gulag? I'm just wondering. Paul Whelan's sister said she was crushed when the Bidens reached out and did this huge overture to uh, Brittany Griner. She said she was really upset about that because she said that they're still, he's a Marine. Paul Whelan is is a Marine and he was arrested in Russia while traveling there as a tourist over three years ago. The sister said she was really upset after Biden called Brittany Griner's spouse on Wednesday. Elizabeth Whelan urged the president to discuss ways to secure her brother's release. She said she tweeted, quote, 
Still looking for that press release saying POTUS has spoken to anyone in our family about hashtag Paul Whelan wrongfully detained in Russia for three and a half years. He's just one of several Americans who've been detained for far less. But if, if they can't make Biden look like he's doing something for someone, if it's if it's not a return, if it's not quid pro quo, then he's then he that they don't care. They don't they don't even they don't care. Yeah, I don't I, I don't eh. with what the 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 Brittany Griner situation. This guy was in. I mean, there's several others. There's a whole host of names. People have been wrongfully imprisoned in Russia. What do, I mean, but what do you think you're going to take pot over to Russia during a time when I think uh, Putin would love to use any kind would love to have that optic. What did you think was going to happen? And then now all of a sudden you want everything that that flag stood for, the one that you didn't even, you wanted to take a knee during the anthem, you, everything that that flag stood for, now you want all of that to spring into action to secure your release? Wait a minute, though. I thought you, hey, you hated America, so there you go. Didn't think that anthem represented you or had it was silly, et cetera, et cetera. I just don't care. Moving on. Don't care. I don't care if she stays there. I just don't care. There's, there are a lot of other innocent people who have been wrongfully imprisoned for far... Again, why in the world... This is not a discussion on pot. I don't care. Why would you knowingly take something into Russia knowing that they're tyrants? And they would love to seize any... That's just stupid. That's not a conversation about whether or not you think, you think drug laws in Russia are bad, which is a stupid, mind-numbing conversation that I don't... Because I don't care about Russia. I don't care. <sighs> Inordinate amount of headlines on that. Now... This is uh, a few other things. This story coming out of Virginia. I don't know if y'all heard about this. Well, when, it, when a good guy with a gun's involved, you don't hear about it. So in Virginia, on July 4th, there was a plot to attack the city's 4th of July celebration. And it was thwarted by a concerned resident. Apparently, the resident alerted authorities because they heard a conversation between the two would-be attackers, according to the Richmond police chief, Gerald Smith. Police, with the assistance of the FBI and Department of Homeland Security, apprehended the men. They were in possession of two rifles, a handgun, 223 rounds of ammo. That's not really a lot. No, if you actually know anything about guns, it's not a lot, shush. And they were both in the country illegally. Huh. Both in the country illegally. They were charged with being a non-citizen in possession of a firearm with more charges possibly to follow. They are being held without bail. Hmm. And they were apprehended. They were thwarted in their plans, in their plans to shoot up a 4th of July. Gosh dang. And they were, but the, but they were here illegally is the big, is a big thing too, because they, according to NBC 12, I mean, imagine uh, Alvarado Dubon had two rifles, blah, blah, blah. The other guy had been surveilled by authorities and arrested Tuesday on same charges. These people, according to Richmond police, these two, these two people who were here illegally had been deported repeatedly and yet were still able to reenter the country. Repeatedly deported and still able to reenter. I mean, we could have had two situations, two mass casualty incidents on 4th of July. But they were here illegally. Do you think that uh, I've noticed that nobody has asked any Democrats, well, you know, considering that you're you're saying that this stuff has to stop 
and you don't want to have any more tragedies of this nature, does it concern you that there were people here illegally who were attempting to do this very thing? What are you going to, is this, does this change your, your position on the open border? Mm, a lot of questions. So some of the other things we're going to hit today, Planned Parenthood clinics in Montana are now limiting the abortion pill access to out-of-state visitors. We're going to get into that a little bit as well as some uh, the the targeting of crisis pregnancy centers. And then I just realized I had this in the wrong spot. This is a, a big story that I wanted you you have. I know you have not heard about this anywhere on uh, cable news or really anywhere else. So there's a lot of stuff going on in Denmark and in Sri Lanka and elsewhere driven by stupid EU environmentalist policies and green standards. And so in in Denmark, apparently police are shooting at farmers over all of the we're going to get into this and I'm going to explain what's happening because it is a complete breakdown. And Sri Lanka has been described as a complete collapse. We're going to talk about all of this and more. Also, stop apologizing for wokery. Tons of other things. Don't go anywhere because we've got a lot. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. 1188 or text Dana to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So Boris Johnson has announced his resignation after a bunch of controversies and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think this is honestly, this is payback for Brexit. That's what it is. 16 members of his cabinet resigned Monday and Tuesday, including senior health secretary uh, and their chancellor in a move that they thought would would spell out his demise. So he's putting together a little unity cabinet and he's excluding everybody, all the Tory backstabbers. It's actually kind of interesting. It's such a girl move. But uh, just it'll be I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to stand or who would replace him. Everybody's jockeying for positions right now. So we'll see news out of Uranus. Uh, MSN says, Kane, it's a planet. Calm down. It's raining diamonds in Uranus and Neptune. But, you know, that's according to NASA. They said that uh, there, there was a recent interview with NASA's gravity assist astrophysicist Naomi Gurney, and she said she was explaining how gas-heavy planets like Uranus and Neptune rain down what we here on Earth consider precious gemstones. So the planets are partially made of methane, and that gives them a blue hue. And she said, well, methane has carbon in it. The carbon can occur by itself and also be crushed by immense pressure, like deep in the atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. It rains diamonds. It's actually pretty kind of, that's kind of cool, actually. So I'm waiting for someone, someone to risk going up there, right? And, and and just to reap the windfall. 
Last surviving member of the Easy Company, the Band of Brothers, remember that Spielberg movie? Bradford Freeman, 97th, 97 years old, of the 506th Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 101st Airborne Division. They fought in uh, uh, Battle of the Bulge, uh, and has passed away. He was Their division was known as Screaming Eagles, the last surviving member of Easy Company, made famous by the HBO series. Just an amazing story. I was reading about this guy. Like, you just drop in behind it. It's just amazing what they were able to do. Just, it gives me chills reading it. So, another hero. Uh, Also, Metallica has revealed that they totally dig that Stranger Things episode. I'm not giving you spoilers, but it doesn't really tell you anything. You know there's the upside down. But when Eddie went in, and played an amazing Master of Puppets solo, which is one of the most metal things I've ever seen on television ever that was in a music video. Metallica said they were totally psyched and that they were blown away. They, of course, wanted to be included, and they thought it was just so awesome. And Eddie Munson is still and always will be one of my favorite characters. Uh, speaking of Stranger Things, Duffer Brothers, who I think are doing some really cool stuff. By the way, I loved in the last episode of Stranger Things 4... The message about how guns are keeping them safe and everybody decides to go in to the depot and they're getting all their stuff. I love how they came out with little berets too, but that's beside the point. Anyway, Duffer Brothers have launched a Netflix, like a shingle. It's like an upside, they they launched a new company, Upside Down Pictures. So they're doing a Stranger Things spinoff and apparently they have a stage play coming along with some... Uh, they're doing Death Note. The Duffer Brothers are doing one of my favorite and one of my favorite uh, uh, anime series and manga ever, which is Death Note, which also has an amazing soundtrack that riffs off of Aphex Twin. But that's a whole other nerd thing that I got into. Super stoked about that. As we move the Green Grift and what it is doing to different countries, governments, Sri Lanka, Denmark and more. You don't want to miss this. Stay with us. Keltec Innovation is back to back. You've heard me talk about Keltec's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Keltec's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent pending 15 round extended magazine. Now, other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with full adjustable rear that all comes standard it's from Keltec inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns the P15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel the P15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world see the new 9mm P15 first up close and personal at keltecweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com Former Trump White House official Brooke Rollins explains how she and other conservatives are preparing to help the next Republican president advance their agenda and successfully fight the bureaucracy. I'm Bill Walton. On the latest edition of The Bill Walton Show, Rollins also explains how President Trump was able to accomplish so much despite the government working against him and how getting the right congressional staffers is vital. Follow The Bill Walton Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. When it comes to the gas prices, uh, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that, God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels when this is over. 
Yeah, I don't think so. Not so much about that. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. That was the president saying that, well, we're in the middle of a great transition. It's an amazing transition that we are in right now. Just amazing. Yeah, is it though? I mean, I just kind of think that there are a lot of people who perhaps would take exception to that. They would object, I think. Especially when you look at some of the headlines that are taking place. Like whether it's in the Netherlands or where, wherever. This has been kind of a crazy story. And let's, we'll start there. We'll start with the situation with the Netherlands. Because this is, just has been wild. So you know that how the EU has been uh, trying to implement these, uh, whether it's like standards, regulations for fertilizer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, this green scheme to reduce nitrogen in fertilizer. And it would have apparently, I think the estimates were like 30% of the country's farms would be, would be closed up. Would, would, what they would kill off 30% of the country's farms. So it's been a little crazy over there lately. There's been a lot of video from the protest. Farmers have been protesting. Apparently some of the farmers got a tank. Uh, something like that. I don't know. May, I don't know. They it, it just it just looks interesting. You got and you also have to be careful as to what you're what you're getting and what what's real and what isn't. But Dutch their Dutch farmers started a strike because the government cut nitrogen emissions. And this is uh, this has been a huge I, I mean they've been having protests on this for, for some weeks now. They're the second the world's second largest in the, in the Netherlands, second largest agricultural exporter. But they also say, oh, well, they're one of the top greenhouse gas emitters in Europe, especially of nitrogen. And they blame this on the manure from cattle and then also fertilizer. But the farmers were arguing that they were unfairly targeted because the big businesses aren't being targeted. They said, no, 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 we're being unfairly targeted. And they said, we're, we're not going to scale anything down. We're not going to do any of that. So just get over it. It's not going to happen. So they had... Um, I think over the weekend they had a bunch of traffic come to a standstill, etc. One of the protesters said, this is not normal, what's being done to farmers, and this is all because of these stupid EU regulations. They had police intervene because they said a number of farmers drove their, onto the wrong side of the highway past a police roadblock. Uh, I mean, it, it is, uh, they said you can't close farms that are hundreds of years old over this, which they're trying to do. And the prime minister said that the government's plan to cut nitrogen emissions would have an enormous impact on farmers that's his direct quote he said this sector will change but unfortunately there's no choice we have to bring down nitrogen emissions they wanted to cut their greenhouse gas nitrogen by as much as what 70 percent in 131 key areas many of them close to nature reserves to reach these stupid fabricated climate goals by 2030 right which you're never actually going to be able to do but whatever so that's a 40 percent drop in emissions expected 30 percent less cattle uh all kinds of stuff and so they, there's, a, there's a brawl. And so Dutch farmers got mad and they, they began protesting everything. Then there, were, there was video of Dutch police on July 5th. They were apparently firing shots at peaceful farmers that were just protesting. And I, my first thought when I saw this was, okay, this is why we don't give up our guns. Just FYI. But what they're doing is ridiculous. This is, I mean, unarmed people don't have any kind of chance against any kind of, you know, tyranny. 
I mean, this is just, it's nuts. And there are Polish farmers that are freaking out in Warsaw. They're saying that it's not going to, this is not enough. You're destabilizing production by raising interest rate. It's not stopping, it's, it's not stopping inflation. You know, we're not, we should not be expected to pay for a crisis created by politicians. They're, they're correct. So all of this, this is all starting to kind of bubble up here and there. And I've been watching, they had, um, the Dutch police, uh, apparently, they feel like they're, it's okay to use lethal force against people that, I mean, they're stealing from them. They're shutting down their, they're stealing from them. That's what this is. The Dutch are the world's second biggest agricultural exporter after the United States. That is significant. And the whole purpose of this, the whole reason why this is happening is because you have a bunch of unelected bureaucrats in the EU who have determined that they want to meet their climate goals. I saw, I have another story from the UN. The UN, I know, but bear with me. The UN, where's this at? I have so many things here. The UN was even saying that there is a global hunger swelled by 150 million people since 2019. The Washington Examiner had this piece. I saw it this morning. Now, I know it's the UN, but I want you to to keep this in mind as I'm sharing all of these headlines about the Dutch farmers. They estimate that roughly 150 million more people are hungry since the outset of of the pandemic. Of the 150 million, 103 million more people went hungry between 2019 and 2020. There were 46 million more in 2021 as a result of, quote unquote, severe extreme climate events disrupting supply chains. Oh, for the love. (sighs) They argue that 2.3 billion people in the world suffered food insecurity in 2021. What is that phrase? Food insecurity. Are you starving? Are you hungry? Just use those words. 11.7% of the population faces, quote-unquote, food insecurity at severe levels. But here we are in in the Netherlands. Here we are, you know, over here in Europe, where we're having farmers that are protesting the government because they're trying to steal their farms and uh, shut everything down to meet these stupid, these completely arbitrary 2030 goals. It's that Paris Agreement. There's, I mean, it looks like, I mean, you have carbon food labels that are coming. I'm sure you've seen some of the, I have a headline on this too, the carbon food labels. This was tasting table. The headline was carbon food labels may be coming. Here's what they mean. I'm just curious as to how many, how much paper they're going to print for these stupid tags, by the way, that they put, that they're putting on their food. So they're going to score food is what it sounds like. They want to score food. How much carbon did it use? How ungreen is it? That sounds wild, doesn't it? And this, and that's the whole thing where they keep going, oh, well, you eat too much meat. Maybe we should eat bugs. They want you to have crappy light bulbs, tiny houses, and eating bugs. This is what the guy with breasts, Bill Gates, says, right? That guy. He has actual, like, two E's, teats. He does. This is what he says. I don't trust these people. This is what's happening. I'm not like telling you stuff that that's, you know, that I think is this is just, I'm just giving you the lay of the land. This is exactly what's happening right now. There's a whole website called DutchUprising.com that you can go to that they've been 
uh, keeping up with it. And you can follow along on social media and that as well. But it is wild. And these are these are it's all being caused by these policies. And they've cut emissions by a significant amount over the last what decade but it's never nothing is ever enough it is never enough now sri lanka has run out of fuel and they're facing the worst economic crisis in decades according to daily caller a chemical fertilizer ban in 2021 part of an initiative to cut nitrogen waste and implement greener farming practices drastically reduced crop yields and damaged sri lanka's trade balance One economist said the decision to overnight shift away from synthetic fertilizers was an absolute disaster. So the prime minister declared just uh, Tuesday of this week that the country has gone bankrupt. That's via Business Insider. Let me pull this up. So on Tuesday of this week, Sri Lanka says it's bankrupt. The financial crisis ravaging the country deepens. One expert says it's because, you know, look what fuel supplies have run out. They're now asking the IMF about a bailout. The economy began to falter in late 2020. The government blamed on the pandemic, but one expert said it was mainly caused by racking up debts with China, political mismanagement. They faulted on its debt, Sri Lanka, for the first time in May. They had a day's, they said on Sunday of this week, they had less than one day's worth of fuel left. People are waiting in line for hours trying to get gas. The price of basic food has more than doubled. Schools have been shut. IMF, they're trying to save what has been called a collapsed economy. Reuters reported the prime minister saying, quote, we are now participating in the negotiations as a bankrupt country. They've been trying to form an aid consortium with India, Japan, and China. And... Here, what are they focused on? Well, we need to cut nitrogen emissions. We need to cut this. The government lifted the fertilizer ban in November 2021, but the damage was already done, according to the American Institute for Economic Research. They said that it was that they said that the 20 and 2019 bombing, coronavirus lockdowns, crushed tourism in Sri Lanka, and now here. Now, see here we have a number of countries where you have these wild, it's that 2030, that what, that Paris Agreement. What do you think is going to, that's the whole point. What, like, look what's happening here in the United States. Purposefully withholding, which I think is criminal. Purposefully withholding. Increased drilling. Refu- the, the Democrats' longtime refusal to invest and expand in refiner expand refineries. I mean, this is it's just wild, wild, wild. And then here we're trying to shift everything to EVs, which I'm not against. But we're I'm not against EVs. But I am trying to I am against artificially and manipulating the economy to try to force everyone onto something that it's just not sustainable yet. It's just not. And Juan's right, as he notes, he's like, this could be our future. It absolutely could be. I mean, this is where it's hiding. If it doesn't, if, if our leaders don't check themselves here. I mean, just think, get, look at gas price right now. Gas prices shouldn't be this way, especially when the United States, it's replenishing. 
You know, there's not like a, an X amount of oil in the ground. It replenishes. I mean, that's what people don't get. It's not, I mean, fossil fuels aren't really necessarily fossil. I mean, they, it, I think that was a term that they decided to push to sort of indicate, falsely indicate scarcity, and that's not true at all. I mean, what is it? The, what, I, I was reading this thing that said oil is like one of the most prevalent liquids on earth next to water, and it regenerates faster than it can actually be depleted. But no, we're, we're, it, this is a man-made problem. It is a man-made catastrophe. This is not unlike, I mean, look what, look what happened with, with uh, the Great Famine with China with Mao. I mean, this is, Ukraine's already been through something like this. This is her second time essentially going through it. This is man-made. I mean, and here we were already having conversations about nitrogen and fertilizer with uh, after Russia invaded Europe or invaded Ukraine. So here's the other thing. I wanted to add this on here, too. I have a million headlines about this, and I'm going to share more of those with you as we continue into the program. NASA admits that climate change occurs because of changes in Earth's solar orbit, not because of SUVs and fossil fuels. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to share this in your prep email, too, when you, when you sign up. They said the biggest factor affecting the Earth's climate is duh, 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 the sun. Duh. And it's a cyclical thing. Solar activity. So there's this huge piece, and I was reading this today. It's, it's pretty long to, to, to jump into this whole re- remainder of time of the segment. But bottom line is, is that they were saying that the changes occurring to planetary weather patterns are completely natural and normal. This is not about the planet. This is about controlling behavior and solidifying control, control period. So coming up, I'll share with you too, the, the EU, they're backing this green label for nuclear and natural gas, which is interesting. We're going to talk about this. Electric police cars running out of power. Again, I'm not against EVs. I love the tech. I think they're cool as all hell. But to force an entire economy into something like that when it's not yet sustainable, that's a disaster waiting to happen, and it's on purpose. We got a lot still. Free speech, religious liberty, the Second Amendment. Across the country, your constitutional rights are under constant attack, and it's only getting worse by the day, which is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. They're not just America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They're one of the few companies fighting back. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service, plus the peace of mind that your money is combating the left's attempt to silence you. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veteran and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT and get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so switch today. Between the left, the media, and rhinos, we need to stick together. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter over at Substack. So apparently, Hugh Grant, the actor, had the idea to play the Benny Hill theme on speakers for protests 
in London during the whole Boris Johnson thing. There was one MP, was it what he was given given an interview on British TV and they played the Benny Hill theme. That was Hugh Grant's idea. A couple of things. Firstly, we need to make sure that we keep the basic functions of government going. Uh, that's really important. There are, for example, uh, no ministers in DfE at the moment. That needs to be sorted out. Uh, secondly, I think we need to try and select a new leader as quickly as we reasonably can. And obviously, uh, we need to make sure we make, make the correct choice. It's just uh, funny. That's like they're playing that in the... In the background, it's not like the television station put that music up. They had protesters in the background. And this dude has these speakers, and Hugh Grant's like, do you, my, my, do you by chance have the Benny Hill theme at hand? And they played it. They're just funny. I just The Br- British are funny. My favorite is when they argue in Parliament because it's like you got served. It's like a dance-off. Like they go up and they yell at the other side, and then their side is like, ooh, and they all go. I mean, it's they're li- a living meme. It's hysterical. Anyway, we got a lot more to get into. Second hour on the way. Governor Christy Nome is scheduled to join us next hour as well. So don't miss. Stick with us. Anti-human trafficking warrior Rossi Orozco joins me to explain how open borders are leading to a huge increase in human trafficking into our country and the horrific sexual exploitation of women, girls, and boys. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Rosie will explain how the trafficking process works and how big of a business it is for the cartels. It's a tough story that we all need to know. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot over. Do you have enough money to pay for everything you need? Well, Republicans do nothing to obstruct our efforts to lower your gas taxes. I propose that. I've asked the Congress to eliminate the federal gas tax for the next, as long as this crisis goes on. Lower food prices, lower health care costs, hopefully soon, lower your prescription drug costs. By the way, you got, a, you got a Republican leader in the United States Senate. Oh, good grief. Joe Biden, Republicans do nothing but obstruct. We're trying to lower your gas prices. By how? Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Does he forget who, um, who runs Congress? Who runs uh, the House, Kane? Well, the House would be Nancy Pelosi. And she's a... Oh, yeah, she's a Democrat. Okay, good. And the Senate? That would be Chuck Schumer. And Chuck Schumer is a... Wow, that's an easy one. He's a Democrat. Okay. And um, who is the head of our energy department? Energy? That would be... Her name rhymes with Schmunifer Manholm. (laughs) Yes, her. She's also... Jennifer Granholm. Yeah, she's also... Former governor of Michigan. Democrat. Yeah. And just a reminder, Joe Biden himself is a... Yep, Democrat. Okay. It seems that Democrats run all of government. It's a shame, but true. Yeah. So how is this Republicans' fault? Who was it? Again, I'm sorry to to do this to you. Who was it um, right after they got elected? uh, The first week decided to stop all permits for any kind of offshore drilling. That was... Oh, yeah. Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, yeah. And who was it that stopped new leases on federal land for oil and gas? Oh, man, immediately, Joe Biden. Yeah, and who has it been, uh, the party that has opposed any kind of investment or expansion of oil refineries? That would be Democrats. Okay, that's right. I just wanted to, just wanted to yeah. make sure we had that, had that straight. Now, we have all of these problems, economic issues, all these, and we were just going over some of this stuff that, I mean, what we're seeing in the Netherlands what we're seeing in Sri Lanka, what we're seeing elsewhere, could very much absolutely happen here. And 
it's a man-made problem. Man-made problem. But you know what Democrats are worried about, Kane? Well, let me let me share this tweet with you from Elizabeth Warren. She tweeted this morning, quote, Consumers shouldn't have to keep buying new chargers all the time for different devices. We can clear things up with uniform standards for less expensive, less hassle, and less waste. End quote. Um, I have some thoughts. The first is that no one should ever trust the government for advice on reducing waste. That's number one. Number two, so we are in a recession. Uh, We have ridiculous per gallon price for gas. Commodities increased. uh, Consumer confidence down. No one's spending. And she's worried about phone chargers. Things that we don't need the government to do. Who cares? No one's going to trust the government when they say we want to we want to deal with this waste. I mean, to be fair, I think it's you know easily arguable that the government embodies waste. <laughs> Just saying. No, there. How are you going to create a uniform standard with like voltage and currents? That's what one uh, listener asks. He goes, physics is going to rear its ugly head on this one. I didn't even think about that, actually. That's really, it's a very good point. Yes, they're worried about phone chargers. God bless America. Hmm. Phone chargers. I was, uh, well, I mean, I'm not, do I even need to tell you guys what the RCP average Biden's polling a new low every week? <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not even going to tell you. I'm not even going to do it. Because it's, it's always a new low. And I'm just knocking stuff over in the studio. It's okay. It's always a new low. So I was reading this piece, Houston Chronicle, items and industries that have been hit hardest. So obviously baby formula, toilet paper, Lysol, Sriracha. That's the one that really hurts. That Sriracha sauce. Did you? Are you hoarding? No, I only bought two extra bottles. Oh, okay. Well, how big were those bottles? I think they were the 17 ounce ones. Okay. So mustard. Canada is, did you know that Canada is one of the world's largest mustard seed producers? They have seen a 28% drop in yield, droughts, and then they said that normally they would have, I, I think it's more than droughts. You know why they're like, oh, it's just the droughts, so they can be like, climate change. You know it's more than that. Normally, 8 to 10 seeds a year, producing 4 to 6 seeds instead. Sir, well, obviously, her, sriracha, we've talked about this before, because of the chili garlic and the uh, sambal sauces. Uh, the Mexico, what's going on in Mexico causing product suspension. Peanut butter. GIFs manufacturers, they voluntarily recalled a whole bunch of them due to potential uh, salmonella contamination linked to outbreaks across 12 states. So that's what's going up with there. Uh, the tampon situation, uh, we've talked about the formula. Uh, the microchips as well. What, just a quick note on this. This is, a, this is what infuriates me. So you have a global shortage of microchips that's upending manufacturers' ability to make everything from uh, cars, computers, hearing aids. And, of course, the rapid production of the vaccines reportedly ate into the global supply of silicon, also affecting chips, which I did not know until literally I was reading about it yesterday. Guess what country is the number one manufacturer 
top manufacturer, top producer of microchips? Taiwan. Guess who was left out of the trade, little trade click that Biden just did with Japan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Taiwan. Taiwan, because they don't want to upset China. Apparently upsetting China is more important to them than making sure that we have like, you know, chips to run basic stuff. Just, you know, just, it's a total clown fall. (sighs) So there we have it. I know. And the, I mean, I'm going down this list of everything in this, in this piece. I, the must, I love mustard. I am going to get some extra sriracha. I am going to do that. Purell, uh, anything that's PPE related, uh vehicles uh what were they saying chicken wings texas apparently the chicken wing shortage is felt the hardest no nothing on breast tenders or boneless wings however interesting lumber obviously as everybody knows uh foam so retailers are facing a serious foam shortage from the last freeze And then factories and chemical plants that had damage from busted pipes, they required weeks of repairs. They shut down. They include chemical plants that make, and we're going to have fun with this word, propylene, propylene, propylene oxide. So that's used to make polyurethane foam cushions for furniture, mattresses, and even automobile seats. When that wasn't available, anything that had foam had to be halted. So if you were waiting for like furniture and there's, you know, it's on a back order, that's probably why. That's probably why. I ordered a new ice machine. Because I am a brat and I got to have that sonic ice. That's a thing in Texas. I don't know. Do you all know about this? In Texas, they have this thing. Everybody will literally go and purchase a secondary ice machine. Doesn't matter if there's one in the fridge. Doesn't matter. You got to have the one that does the sonic ice. I've never been into it. Doesn't matter your, your income level either. It is apparently like a must have. Everybody I know in Texas. I didn't know it when we moved here in 2013. Everybody has a sonic. Like they make the sonic ice and they just call it that. It's not actually a sonic ice machine. They just say it's like the sonic ice. I don't know. Everybody has it. I had a friend who built out a house and it was a, it's a modest house. It's a ranch house, one story, around the sonic ice machine in the kitchen. That's some serious dedication, okay? But my whole point is I ordered one almost a year ago. Still not here. Yeah, supply chain fun. Mm-hmm. Now, meanwhile... Joe Biden struggling. Nobody in his own party wants him. They're already jockeying to try to claim the crown from Biden, which brings me to this ad, Audio Sun by Four. So I'm not even going to play the Newsom ad. Newsom cut this ad where he was saying that uh, Florida, they're so, they want to control everything. You have no freedom in Florida. Why don't you come to California? Where he was saying, you get, you know, you, I forget what, I actually don't remember what he tweeted out because I thought the video was so funny. So he made this video where he's saying, oh, he's attacking Florida. And he's like, oh, there's no freedom in Florida. Why don't you move to California where you get, you know, these government benefits or whatever. And so someone remade this ad. They, it's still Gavin Newsom and his whole ad, but they, it was a voiceover and it's hysterical. Listen to this. Bandit's Day. So let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom is under attack in your state. Dictator Ron DeSantis incredibly lets you walk around without masks. That tyrant allows your kids to go to school during the pandemic, year two or four, or who the hell knows. I urge you living in Florida to join the fight. 
Or join us in California, where we'll take the money you earn and give it to people who don't work. Visit San Francisco, where you can walk through human feces. If you're lucky, you might step on a syringe. Check out Los Angeles, where gas is so expensive, your kids only need to skip a meal or two or ten to afford it. California, where freedom means lockdowns for you, while I go to the places you can't afford. Don't let them take your freedom. Come to California, where we'll take it, along with your money. Mm. That's true, though. He wants to, Gavin Newsom so badly wants to be seen as the heir apparent. He wants to be the guy. That's why he's so, he's trying so hard to fight with Ron DeSantis. Compare California, though, to Florida. Everybody's leaving California. Hell, ain't going to be nobody in California left to vote for Gavin Newsom. No, nobody. They're all leaving. You know, because California is so great, they're all leaving. Mm hmm. Yeah, there you go. No, knives are out. Who else? Who, uh, you got that uh, DC. Comics villain in Illinois, Pritzker, the billionaire flew his flew his family to uh, Florida on a private jet during lockdown because Florida has the better governor. <laughs> yeah. So the potential it looks like he's if he runs in 2024, I don't see how he's not primaried. I really don't. So the list of nominees or potentials: Roy Cooper out of North Carolina, Phil Murphy of New Jersey. That's a joke. That Roy Cooper's a joke. Phil Murphy is a joke. Pritzker's a joke. Jared Police of Colorado. That's a joke. Newsom of California. Also a joke. Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan. That is such a joke. Oh my gosh. Pritzker already suggested a primary. He's already he's already said that previously. I don't think he's going to go over well. Not at all. There's just, it's just not going to happen. There's no way. There's no way. So they really don't have anybody. That's going to be entertaining to watch. That primary, they're gonna, it's going to be knives out. Oh, man, that's going to be an unhinged primary for the Democrats. I'd look forward to that. We have more to get into, including uh, we've got headlines on the way. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So apparently everyone in Australia is sick. Australia is now in what they're calling a multidemic and nothing's going to stop millions from copying a worse illness than COVID. They're under attack from multi under attack. They're getting everybody's getting multiple viruses because their immunity is lower. And their immunity, the country's immunity took a hit from the lack of exposure due to very strict lockdowns. And so they it's just I mean it's sad because this is something we've seen over and over and over and over and over and over again. With all of this, what was it? They were saying that uh, uh, I saw this story. I want to say that this was in Haiti where they were saying that related to this, that uh, people were not getting uh, they didn't have like the the vaccination rate. And therefore, they had like no hardly any cases and like 90 percent survival. It's like all kinds of stuff that there's so many there's so many interesting stories about this. We'll talk about that coming up later on in our third hour. Uh, Also, the disarm the IRS Act is a new proposal from Matt Gates. It's a bill introduced in the House to bar the IRS from acquiring ammunition. I don't even know why they need it anyway. Why does the IRS need ammunition? They had purchased more than $700,000 worth of it in one in just in a couple of days, in recent days. They said it's part of, part of a broader plan to, well, remember, they wanted to add like 80,000 agents and all this stuff. It sounded like they were going to get real ignorant. <laughs> for the lack of a better way to say it. It was a report that was released from the GAO, Government Accountability Office, uh, in 2018. They had been stockpiling ammunition and weapons for years. 
They had over 4,487 firearms and over 5 million rounds of ammo in their inventory, according to the GAO report. Why do they need that? Why? I really wanted to get to this more yesterday. So you know CERN, right? The uh, This is the Large Hadron Collider, the LHC. Researchers working with it uh, found three subatomic particles never before seen. They were working to unlock the building blocks of the universe, and it's the European Nuclear Research Center CERN, as reported originally by Reuters. They said that they discovered a new kind of pentacork and the first ever pair of tetraquarks. I don't even know what that means, but that sounds cool. So, see, nobody, nothing got sucked up into the atmosphere, so it's all right. A U.S., uh, well, it, obviously, Mississippi teens being hailed as a hero after helping rescue three girls and an officer from the river. He had said, I just can't let any of these folks die, is what he said. It happened around 2.30 a.m. The car had three teenage girls drove in to the, I don't know, I'm sorry, it's a river in Moss Point, Mississippi. Uh, but it floated about 20 feet away from shore, started sinking, according to Moss Point PD. And they said the driver stated she was following her GPS, did not realize she was going into the water. I kind of want, I, I mean, I would believe it, really. Uh, but it said that this uh, high school student... Uh, was passing by and took off his shoes and that jumped in and his friends also jumped in. They saved them. That's awesome. Very, very, very cool. 16-year-old, 16-year-old high schooler, Corian Evans. Stick with us because Governor Christine Noem is slated to join us next. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. His remarks come as members of his own party and key supporters are getting more frustrated. They're questioning if the White House can muster the urgency to deal with huge challenges from the economy to the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. And the rattle confidence is widespread. A Monmouth poll just found 88% of Americans think the U.S. is on the wrong track. That's an all-time low. And the respondents' top concern? Inflation. It's always the economy, stupid. That's what James Carville has said. He wasn't as, as mean as he, as he comes across, I have to say. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lashier. That was the, uh, I don't really normally play audio from CNN, but when CNN's reporting about how unpopular Joe Biden is, and not just Joe Biden, but down ticket, nobody wants to campaign with the guy. What does this mean coming up for midterms and beyond? There's a lot of stuff to discuss, especially with recession. I mean, I think we're past, you know, super record high inflation. We're into recession territory. And, of course, proposals for restrictions on rights in the wake of all of the Supreme Court stuff. Joining us right now, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem, who has been in this battle. I was going to pull up her book cover because I hit it. It's a, it's a neat book cover. Not my first rodeo. Lessons from the Heartland. That could be used to describe so many things. <laughs> Governor, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Dana. Thank you so much for inviting me to be with you. I appreciate it. I have to ask your for your reaction to some of the some cable news networks that normally I don't think would ever report on uh, the unpopularity of a Democrat president. I noticed she didn't touch on the record high low approval that Biden has, which seems mm-hmm. to plummet every single week. We have a new low. But what does that signal to you that it's it seems like he's losing the backers in media? Yeah, I think that they're trying to wake up the administration any way that they can and say, listen, get with reality. This is about America and people still live here that have to vote for you. So give them something. Give them one thing that they can wrap their arms around, even if they're extremist Democrats right now. I'm sure they don't recognize a lot of what Joe Biden is doing. He's doing absolutely nothing to address the challenges they deal with every day. And it points to a lot of Democrats losing seats across the country at every level of government. 
Yeah, I saw that uh, getting, Gavin Newsom is getting ready for 2024. Mm-hmm. J.B. Pritzker, apparently. I don't think that you can look at the records of uh, these these governors or Phil Murphy out of New Jersey. Who was the other one? Police out of Colorado. I don't think you can look at the, the records of these governors and think that that's anything that, that American voters would want, especially since Pritzker was headed down. He, he ran to Florida. Newsom, uh, he's losing everybody to my state, Texas. I, I, I don't think that's going to go over so well for them. What are your thoughts on that field in 2024? Well, I feel like what Newsom is doing is just handing out checks every time he needs votes. Every time it comes around, uh, the chance for people to go actually mm-hmm. vote on him and support him, he sends them another check and they cash it that week and then go vote. It's unbelievable to me and it's unsustainable. And that's the thing is that California is absolutely going to be completely devastated. That state has been given the greatest gift God's ever seen in weather, landscape, topography, and natural resources. And he has just finished the destruction of that state. People are flocking to leave. And they're coming to states like South Dakota. It's pretty hard for South Dakota to compete with California sometimes when you talk about the weather and the beaches, but they'd way rather be here than they would in states under those those bad leaders, governors like Pritzker and Polis and mm. New, Newsom. They're just they're just absolutely devastating the people that live in their state. Yeah, I just hope that they leave their voting. They change their voting habits mm-hmm. if they come to South Dakota. Well, we've been kind of keeping track of how they <laughs> register when they come here, and, and overwhelmingly, when people arrive at our state, they're immediately registering and become and registering Republicans. So, mm. if you ask yeah. them, uh, we I meet people every day in our state that have moved here in the last couple of years, and they say we came here because we wanted to live where the government respected us. Oh, uh, we came good. here because we we saw your commercials on TV talking about this great state. We came to visit and we met the people and we decided we wanted this to be our family. And I think that's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, and we're, our economy's booming. Number one economy in the country. Uh, we are a state that our kids are overachieving. We're the number one educational outcomes for our kids. Less than a thousand people in the entire state on unemployment. Our incomes are going up faster than anywhere else in the country. And, you know, they understand their, their God-given rights. Constitutional carry was the very first bill that I signed when I became governor. Uh, a previous Republican governor had vetoed that bill a couple of times, uh, but people today in South Dakota recognize they want their rights defended. Hmm. And in our state this year, you'll love this, Dana, we actually went out and said, you know what, we're waiving all fees on our permits in South Dakota. Um, you know, it is, and I'm even going to pay for your federal background checks. So in South Dakota, to exercise your Second Amendment rights, it won't cost you a dime, and we're going to defend your freedom of speech, your freedom of religion. And we're going to continue to fight off Joe Biden's America. Very interesting, because I don't think in Texas they I don't think in Texas they do something like that. And we're talking with with Governor Christy Noem, and I believe that was Senate Bill uh, two twelve. And so mm-hmm. no longer will people in South Dakota, South Dakotans, they will no longer have to pay to receive their concealed carry permit. Because in some states, and I realize that the price, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, in New York, it can be expensive. In Illinois, you have to get a permit to buy and then a secondary permit. It gets a little bit. Uh, for the lack of a better way to say it, it's a little class warfare because you're mm-hmm. you're you're penalizing people for exercising a natural right. This uh, and these fees and this just uh, imp- this was just implemented. Correct me if I'm wrong, Governor. End of last month, correct? Yes, it was something that I put in my budget said I wanted to do as governor, and the legislature uh, did support that at the end of the day in the budget, and so it's in effect today in South Dakota. And we're very proud of it. I think it's important that states recognize their right uh, to govern close to home and that we continue to fight and give people a little bit of hope in this country right now. You look at what's happening across the country, you see states where the law is ignored. We see a federal government that 
ignores the law, frankly, down at the southern border. Um, they want to see some leaders that really still value what made this country great. Now, I see I've seen that some say, well, uh, South Dakotans don't want to have to pay for other people's uh, for their background checks, et cetera. There was Secretary of State Steve Barnett told the Joint Appropriations Committee uh, earlier this year that the state could lose between one hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. But I mean, I, my counter to that is, I mean, my tax money is taken from me. My, you know, it's, th- it's government theft. It's taken away from me and used towards uh, Planned Parenthood. I mean, th- we, that's where when I think, what, five years ago, everyone really learned what the word fungible meant. Uh, but I mean, this is what do you say to that when you have those objections come up from from taxpayers in South Dakota or obviously party opposition? Well, what he's talking about is a loss of revenue to the state, which isn't you know, that's, it's the people's money. We should never forget that. It's the people's money and should they be spending it to exercise a constitutional right? That's the question that was in front of the legislature that I asked them to consider. And frankly, South Dakota uh, has historic revenues coming in right now. We have incredible money coming in, hundreds of millions of dollars in increased revenues because of what we've done here. We don't have income taxes. We don't have corporate income taxes. We don't have personal property taxes. All we have is a four and a half cent sales tax that largely funds state government. And because of that tax environment and our attitude towards government and the role in people's lives, we're thriving. People are coming here. Businesses are growing. People's careers are advancing. They're making more money. And even the state budget is impacted by that. We have dollars that we can use to make long-term investments and pay off uh, bonds and, and debt of the state. But we also can do incredible things like return dollars back to people who want to exercise their constitutional rights. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, fiscal responsibility, which is not nothing that we're seeing in Washington, D.C. right mm-hmm. now. Speaking of mm-hmm. federal, talking with Governor Christine Noem, Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health, that Supreme Court decision handed down. It just takes it back to the states. Nothing's mm-hmm. banned. Nothing's criminalized. It's just, if it's not an Article One, Section 8 of the Constitution, it's supposed to revert back to the states anyway. I thought people liked the Constitution, uh, but apparently some haven't read it. Tell us how that is, how that is affecting that, um, I don't want to say practice, but what what does the lay of the land look like in South Dakota now that Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health is law of the land? I know some states have uh, trigger laws that have come into effect. I think that, uh, it, obviously, to protect the life of the mother, it is still uh, allowed. Uh, t- tell me about that in your state. Sure. You know, what the Supreme Court did was it fixed a wrong decision that was made almost 50 years ago. And so by doing this and overturning Roe, they returned the decision, you're right, back to the states. The legislators uh, will make those decisions, hearing from the people closer to home, which is entirely appropriate. And every state's laws will look different. Back in 2005, the South Dakota uh, passed a trigger law that said that at the time Roe was overturned, It would be illegal to get an abortion in our state except to save the life of a mother. So that is the law of the land today. And uh, I think that is a discussion that people will continue to have from state to state. I'm just grateful that South Dakota is where it's at in taking a defense of life and that it's recognizing that every life is precious. Uh, It's very different than what's happening in New York where Mm -hmm. their governor has embraced a legacy of death. She said she wants to become known as a destination Uh, for people to travel to to get their abortions. And that's just not our story here. Uh, And I think that uh, I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, I've never uh, understood a lot of the argument for this as well. I'm sure you've seen this because I've seen a lot of, you want to talk about disinformation, whether it's Hollywood actors or actresses saying, oh, well, if you have an ectopic pregnancy, you're going to die because, you know, Mm -hmm. your state can't have an abortion. Well, that's not even 
that's gaslighting about women's health. Mm-hmm. That's not a that is that is not a viable pregnancy in the first place. What what are your thoughts on just some of the bad narratives regarding women's health that are being put out there? I feel like, you know, if they're if, if anybody's if they're going to spend money on anything in these states like New Jersey or New York, maybe they should educate grown adults about how their bodies work. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Just the lies we've seen to create fear in people over this issue has been unbelievable to me uh, because they haven't told the truth of what this decision made means. They haven't told the truth on re- the realities of how these decisions are made, uh, that when the women's life is in danger, when the woman is, is threatened uh, or it's not a viable pregnancy, all the medical options are there that she will be making with her doctor. And that's entirely appropriate. So even when these doctors do procedures on these babies in the womb, yeah. Uh, they call them patients. They give them patients' rights. They treat them as a different individual than they do the mother. So how can anybody say uh, in an intelligent conversation that if that is a patient and it has rights, how is that not also a human being and a life? And that is the discussion that people need to start reconciling in their brains and in their conversations around the subject is the fact that you know we've advanced a long ways in the last 10 to 15 years. We have a lot of answers that we didn't have before. Technology has given us a bigger glimpse into what these babies feel and how aware they are and what goes on and the medical opportunities and decisions that are made. So uh, having that conversation is incredibly important and it's not happening from the left. Instead, they're using um, old 50, 40 year old arguments to try to scare people into just falling in line. Yeah. Uh, Talking with Governor Christy Noam of South Dakota, your book, Not My First Rodeo, Lessons from the Heartland. I have to tell you, this is this is the type of book that I would expect someone who's who's thinking about expanding their political stage in 2024 to write. What are your what are your thoughts on 2024? Well, I think it'll be an important presidential election, but, um, you know, the book wasn't based on on that at all, or even the decision to write the book based on that at all. You know, these things kind of start a long time ago. I think the first discussions around this book happened over two years ago um, when I was telling a friend of mine, Charlie Hurt, a few stories, and he said, man, you got to write a book. These are hilarious. Or do you know how unique it is that you grew up the way that you did? And different people were asking and publishers said things, but I this is more a story of really the the story of South Dakota. You know, people ask if it's a political book and it's not really political, although there are some stories in there uh, and uh, political leaders that, that I share some knowledge about and decisions. Uh, but I also go back into my life and, and help people understand a little bit about why I make the decisions that I make, um, what I, how I learned my political philosophy and role of government in my life. It was from the lessons my mom and dad taught me on our family ranch. And a lot of that I think is good lessons for the American public to hear today. And we saw after COVID that a lot of people were disenfranchised with what was going on in cities and were hungry to get a sense of the American West again and wanted to sense uh, get out in the country. And this story will uh, and this book will open their eyes a little bit to the value of doing that. Yeah. One last question. Talking with, with Governor Christy Noam, the book is not my first rodeo. just came out the very end of June. She's on a on a horse on the car. I like the cover. I like it because it's authentic. You can tell it's not staged like some of these other yeah. people. So I have to ask you, the big elephant in the room, because I followed this a year ago. I didn't I didn't follow everything with the law on the transgender sports thing in South Dakota because mm-hmm. I was watching it in my state in Texas. I was watching it. A, a number of other states were grappling with this. And it seemed as I, I watched as some of my very 
uh, my good grassroots conservative friends were taking issue with this. And I, I always hate it when I feel like mom and dad are fighting. So tell me what's happening, because it seemed like there was a split between you and some of the most hardcore conservatives kind of on the GOP side with that transgender, the transgender bill that that you were dealing with in South Dakota. What happened with this? Tell me. Well, I talk about this in my book. There's actually a chapter on on this issue um, because for years I've been bullied by liberals. Um, this was the first time I was bullied by my friends, and it was very discouraging for me uh, because they didn't tell the truth, um, and maybe it was a competitive nature. They had different agendas for doing it. I don't know for sure, but I'd been fighting for fairness in girls' sports for years. In fact, back when I was in Congress, I fought uh, the federal government and kept them out of the sport of rodeo. They had told us we had to go gender neutral in rodeo events. We couldn't have men's events and women's events. And I fought them alone and and won the battle. So my history on this subject is incredibly clear. And when I got to this issue and the legislature gave me a flawed bill that would have ended up in court and tied my hands to actually enforcing and protecting girls sports, I told them to change it. I sent it back to them, told them to change the language so it was a strong bill. When they refused to and it failed, I did executive orders that exact same day to protect girls' sports. Uh, Nobody covered that, not even my friends. Instead, they just blew me up for the flawed bill that the legislature didn't want to fix. And I kept those executive orders in place for over a year to ensure that only girls could play in girls' sports um, until I could get the strongest bill in the nation passed this year. And it was the very first bill that I got passed and signed into law in legislative session in 2022, and it'll withstand any court challenge and be something that will continue to set incredible precedent for now other states to follow our example. There you go. The book is Not My First Rodeo, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem. Uh, congrats on the book as well, and we'll watch and see what else comes out of South Dakota. Thanks for joining I us. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Have a wonderful day. You too. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> It's time for Florida Man. I'm so glad that my mom doesn't have this story because she was giving me digital shade, throwing me digital shade over this. So a Florida man's recovering after one of his hands was done blown off in a fireworks accident over Independence Day, July 4th holiday weekend. The incident happened around 1 a.m. Saturday in the parking lot of a gas station just outside of Fort Lauderdale. Unidentified man. A witness said it could have been deadly. He was rushed to the hospital, but nobody remembered to bring his hand. He's, I think, going to be okay. Stick with us. So the release of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve sounds esoteric to people, but, you know, oil market analysts you've had on this show will say it was single-handedly responsible for keep, keeping oil prices going higher. Um, this isn't that Thor movie, you know. That's Brian Deese, who is... With the president, Brian Deese is one of his top advisors. He's not really. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Third hour of the show this Thursday. So this, I would say it's the opposite. I think anybody, everybody else would say this too, that it's absolutely the opposite of this. We were just talking about uh, previously earlier on the program, everything from uh, the protests taking place in the Netherlands to the collapse of Sri Lanka, all because of all related to this. Uh, what is it? The ni- the nitrogen, right? The fertilizer. So the the restrictions from the EU 
and ammonia contained in livestock, based manure, increase in nitrogen, composition of the soil, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I did not realize that when you look at the Netherlands, that this is such a, a huge, I mean, there's such a huge agricultural powerhouse, like second to the United States. It's pretty significant. Dutch farmers have been protesting, and apparently there there's video where uh, reporters are saying shots were fired and all of this stuff because they're they're essentially shutting down farms and like you know you're stealing their livelihood for the lie of the green grift it's what it is now i have to switch gears because i saw this headline here you remember that chick from will and grace she uh has never liked me uh, what's her face? Deborah Messing. Yeah. She once was like fetishizing about me being shot. Like verbatim. That's what she was saying. She was having a tantrum on social media. And she said that she was apparently on a phone call with Joe Biden. And I guess some of the president's advisors. I think it was like a one of those conference calls. I don't think that they woke up that day and thought, what does that one woman from Will and Grace, the show that was on air 20 years ago, what does she think? But she said that she was frustrated on this call and said that she had gotten President Bush elected and seemingly had little to show for it. She got him elected. Do you know that? The power of that chick who played Grace on Will and Grace. Who knew? Yeah, I mean, I guess she can. You can blame her. I mean, it seems, you know, I guess so. A new Gallup poll showed only 23% of Americans even have confidence in what he's doing. I mean, his, uh, the RCP average is just, it's just, I mean, no one likes him, not even in his own party. But she was, she said she's frustrated and that uh, she helped give, she, you know, got him elected and now what does she have to show for it? And I just want to know who, why does she think she did that? I didn't think she was, again, she's kind of nuts, I got to say. She seems a little... Little nuts. But nobody likes him. He's his own party is running. They just continues to get worse. Economic headlines. 83% of Americans cutting back on personal spending due to inflation. Duh. We knew that was happening. Supermarkets are putting tags on cheese. Cheese blocks. Stores are having to deal with uh shoplifting and in brit in britain they're apparently putting like price tags on all or, or security tags on like basic food items here in democrat-run states like california they just let you run in and steal whatever you want yeah. you know because people who bust into the sephoras and everything else they're looking for bread that's what aoc told us as she went to go get her nails done she said what was it part of her self-reclamation yeah. resistance yeah. for roe v wade okay I know, that's what she said. I don't know. That's what, she, that's what she insists. But it just doesn't... I I mean, he's barely going to... I think popularity-wise, I don't think it has anything to do with health. I think it, he is barely going to be rolling into the election cycle for 2024 because he's going to get just whopped in this uh, midterm election. He's going to lose any power that he had in Congress, power of the purse. Senate remains to be seen. And 
that's just, man, they have nobody good. Gretchen Whitmer. Can you see Gretchen Whitmer running a presidential campaign? Can you see uh, Gavin Newsom? Gavin Newsom, he's he's like a rich kid. He grew up as a rich guy. And I don't I don't dislike people for their wealth. I dislike people when they have wealth and they use that as an they use it. They, they think that they can just fall back on that. and They don't have to go out and do anything for themselves or learn anything about what it means to, you know, run a business or to, you know, create something or to do anything except live off mommy and daddy. I don't like that. But that's him. Mm-mm-mm. Four polls that are bad. <laughs> Hispanic voters, the disapproval of Biden's policies are surging with Hispanic voters in Arizona, California, Florida, and Texas. There were four new civics, CIV, IQS polls released. Uh, it's pretty bad. Overall, uh, Hispanic voters, 48% disapprove. Who are the 15% that are neither approve or disapprove? I just don't know. Who are the, who are you? How could you not? And it's interesting too, because they're the age demo of these groups. And it doesn't matter who they are. They're used. They're not just like, you know, older folks over age of like 55. These are younger demos too. That's bad. That is soup. That's really bad. I guess the Latinx thing didn't work. Or how did they say it? Latinx. Latinx. Is that how they say it? Latinx? Latinx? That sounds. I have to. It, I just. My brain doesn't even want to say it because it sounds like I'm saying the word wrong, and my brain's trying to autocorrect. I guess that didn't work, did it? No. Hmm. It didn't work at all. Hmm. I haven't. Now, uh, a few other things to touch on. One of, let me pull this up. One of the things that I have been watching lately, I'm pulling up this horrible report, this, excuse me, I'm pulling up this review that the Hollywood Reporter gave the show that Kane and I have been watching. And we've had the author of the book series on which the show is based on, on the program, Jack Carr. And if you haven't seen it, it's on Amazon Prime. You can watch it. It's called The Terminal List. It's actually really good. And I binged it and I finished it. We finished it yesterday. And I've read the first two books and like the first two chapters of the third. So I'm going to be really careful and not tell you what happened. But it's really good. It's heavy because you have to understand the anti-hero. He's kind of an anti-hero. Kind of. He is. James Reese, who is the the center figure in this series he is a grim dude he is a serious dude and it's based on this uh, you know the story starts with he's a navy seal and you always write what you know jack carr also a retired navy seal james reese is a navy seal and he's out on a mission and he ends up getting set up and ambushed and he his he loses his whole platoon and so then he finds out that it's, you know, it's a setup, uh, which is what he kind of suspected in the beginning. And it goes from there. And so the terminal list, you know, it's like his list of people he's going after. It's, it's a great story. And the action's great. And I was very interested to see because, you know, Jack Carr with all of his, 
uh, knowledge of of you know firearms handling and you know strategy and all this other stuff. I was really interested to see how Antoine Fuqua, who directs the series, how he takes that and applies it to the screen. Because having somebody who knows it well and is an expert on it is one thing. Seeing it on the screen is another. But it was really good. You could tell they did a lot of legitimate training, like some grueling training. I thought Chris Pratt was was great in the series. And the firearm handling and usage and, you know, all of that is very realistic. It's really good. He's very different. Obviously, don't, you know, think you're going to be watching it and it's going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy and you're going to get that same Chris Pratt or the same Chris Pratt that, you know, was in Parks and Rec. I mean, it's he's a very, I don't think I've ever seen him play a character like this. Yeah, it's very different for him. It's really good. But people are mad at it. The left is mad at it because they say it's anti-woke. They say it's anti-woke, Kane. They're mad that it's anti-woke. And that it is, uh, the Daily Beast called it a, quote, unhinged right-wing revenge fantasy that panders to male red state viewers, viewers with routine references to beer, guns, country music, and hunting, end quote. First off, I think that that's a sexist statement. Because I like this film, or the, uh, this series. I liked the books. Again, I'm on, I had the first two and then the first uh, two chapters of the third one. I liked the books. Why, did they, why, did, why, did the, why does the left always ignore us chicks, man? Why? I don't get why it's anti-woke. Though. I, I hear what they're saying about how it's pro-something, but how is that anti-woke? Like, I don't understand why they take that position. Like, why do they describe it as, I mean, and... Just to cause division? Just to cause issues? I don't know. It's like any... Makes no sense. I mean, I guess because he didn't come out with like telling everybody what his pronouns are, that they're mad, and because he knows what the hell he's doing with firearms handling. I mean, it's... I mean, it is a story about, yes, a guy who is like horribly wronged getting revenge. You know what? You know what? That's like the most chick thing ever. Don't sit here and act like, oh, well, it's an all-male, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Dude. That's like one of the chickest things to ever possibly be thought and, and, and put to, to put and put on television. And he was fighting government corruption as well. Like, who can't get behind that? These people are just ridiculous. Like, how bad does your life suck that you find just, you know, absolute lack of joy in everything? I mean, how? I, look, I'm, I'm hardcore. I'm, I'm watching what he's doing. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> These people don't. No, that's, I don't know. But they, yeah, they're mad about it because they say, I guess, that it's too, uh, I don't know. They're mad at it because it's not super left mush. I don't know how else to describe it. I can hardly watch stuff on television anymore or any series or any, because everything, it's like they constantly have to shove it in your face, a political message. That seems to take precedent over the plot. Like you, you get distracted from the plot because they're trying to push a political message normally. And it's so annoying. It completely just ruins your suspension of disbelief. It takes you out of the moment. It's just bad writing. Or they use it as like a lazy plot device. I just can't stand it. This was good. And they're just mad because it's, you know, written by a guy who kind of thinks like us. And, you know, it's military. And the, it, I mean, there's, there is no mess Basically, you know what you could have called this? F-A-F-O. That's what you could have called this. 
We got to get Jack back on. We have a uh, we have. That's a great show. I highly suggest that you stream it. It's called The Terminalist, Amazon Prime. You should read the books too. But Jack's been on before. It's a great series, and Chris Pratt is great in it. Riley Keough is great in it. It's Elvis's granddaughter. Constance Wu's in it. She's really good. She's a great, great, great reporter in this. Like how a reporter should be. So you need to watch it. It's worth your time. Definitely. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So some iconic Norman Rockwell works of art are being taken off White House walls. Uh, Four of them, in fact. Panels of watercolor and black and white sketches featuring the White House have been displayed in the building since the year I was born. And they've been taken off the walls. Why? So it was the So You Want to See the President series showing various Americans and that waiting in the White House for time with the president. And two people familiar with the matter said the family that owns them wanted them back and got their request granted sometime last year. And apparently they're going to be, I guess they're being replaced with portraits of Biden. I don't know. But that's what I read in one piece. That seems like a kind of a loss. A judge has a judge struck down Los Angeles school district's vaccine mandate. A Los Angeles Unified School District student vaccine mandate was struck down Tuesday by a Superior Court judge. They ruled that the nation's second largest public school system had exceeded their authority by imposing requirements beyond those of the state of California. The decision does not have an immediate effect as the proposed mandate had been postponed until July of 2023. Uh, it doesn't we I, I don't know if this the board members are actually going to try to appeal the decision or not, but we'll we'll see. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday. A couple got fined for $1,500 in San Francisco for parking in their own driveway. The officials in San Francisco say it was based on a decades-old city code. Judy and Ed Crane, they parked their car in their driveway for decades uh, because, you know, it's tricky. Steep hills, busy streets. And they said they've had a spot all their own for the past 36 years. But then they got a fine for parking on their own property. They said that it doesn't count, apparently, unless it's accompanied by a garage or cover. So they've been fighting it. Like nonstop. This is so ridiculous. It's their property. Stick with us. We got more in store. Back in just a second. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. So this ad, and welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. This ad uh, began trending yesterday, and a lot of people were well, I say the left were predictably upset over it. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, it's by a candidate for Congress in Arizona, Jerome Davison. And he calls the ad, Make Rifles Great Again. And it features him sitting inside his house, you know, doing his thing. And a bunch of people in clan hoods descend on his house. And this is the voiceover for that scene, that whole mess. Listen. Democrats like to say that no one needs an AR-15 for self-defense. That no one could possibly need all 30 rounds. But when this rifle is the only thing standing between your family and a dozen angry Democrats in Klan hoods, you just might need that semi-automatic in all 30 rounds. I mean, it's it is a hysterical ad. He comes out just holding his, you know, he's just holding it. He's not doing nothing. He comes out in Ray Bans, and they all flee. They all run away. 
I mean, it's very tongue-in-cheek. And, of course, there are going to be people, even some on the right, that take it way seriously. But the point is that he's cutting at the heart of what the left has always tried to argue, ironically, about firearm ownership. They try to say that somehow it's rooted in racism when it was the denial of ownership that was absolutely rooted in racism. And, in fact, I wrote in my first book, Hands Off My Gun, that you know when the decision, which was in my hometown of St. Louis, when that was determined for Dred Scott at the old courthouse— I mean, Roger Taney, who was this big old racist, was he, he was predicating that decision partially on the fact that Dred Scott was was prohibited from owning a firearm. And oh, well, if you can't own a gun, then I guess you can't be um, guess you can't be uh, uh, actually a, a, a citizen. So it's always been it's 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 the very root of it has been in control and in in subjugation back to the very first attempted uh, gun control or, or gun confiscation, which was Lexington and Concord. So he's doing it. I mean, it's very tongue in cheek. He's got a great voice, I'll have to say. I, there was a very Denzel Washington kind of feel here. Denzel Washington is apparently getting the Medal of Freedom along with some people who are uh, as cool as he is and some way less than. Uh, but no, this Jerome Davison ad is great. He's running for, what is it, uh, Congressional District 4 in Arizona. And he called it Make Rifles Great Again. And but the whole point is that, you know, it's 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 it, it it's true. I mean, it cuts to the heart of that that criticism that the left likes to likes to always parrot. They can't really criticize him. He's a former NFL running back and he's um, he re- yeah, he released this ad yesterday. It's a really well done ad. It's a good ad. I think he needs to do more like him. It's a good ad. Now, this is the kind of ad that you should do. If you're going to do an ad where you're walking around with it, I just think it's he didn't he didn't have other people bust down a door for him and then walk in. You know, he did it. He's there himself. He did. He's going to take care of it all himself. This is a really good ad. All right. I wanted to switch up, switch gears. I, I saw this. And I don't I mean, I don't know this representative. Uh, his name's Jared Patterson. And I don't have nothing against him. He seems like, you know, he's a. Uh, he's a, a Texas State representative, House District 106, and he seems like he's a nice guy. But I don't agree with this proposal that I see, and I'm pulling it up as well because there was – I he said that he's introducing legislation next session to ban minors from using social media. He says it's long past time to recognize the incredible harm social media is doing to the mental health of young Texans. Next session, we put an end to it. And I've seen other Republicans talk about this, too, where they propose that there needs to be some sort of ban against, you know, minors getting on. You, they, you had to be a certain age. I think you don't you have, you already have age restrictions on certain social media anyway. But there's this this huge pitch to try to get. Um, this is some kind of law. Texas Public Policy Foundation, uh, a guy who, um, like one of their folks wrote this op-ed where they were talking about social media platforms and how it's, you know, widely, falsely considered to be the only realistic means by which social interaction can happen in the 21st century. And he's was, you know, noting the interpersonal nature of it and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the uh, minor social media ban would not be a novel concept, and I get it, but isn't that what parents are supposed to do? Yeah. Don't we give enough power to governments? 
I don't, I'm not for it. I'm not for it because I don't think that government has any, and I, and I, I don't think that they have any business doing it. And I reject the argument that, well, it's, you know, not every parent will do it. Not every parent monitors their child or prevents them from getting on social media. Therefore, we, the government, should do it. I don't think that that's a good enough reason to justify the entry of the government in, into what should be parental, a parental jurisdiction. It's not hard to parent your kids. My kids are not on social media. My kids are, are older now, but they've never, they have not been on social media. But I've always been very forthright about it. I'm, I'm parenting my kids. I'm not trying to be their best friend. I got to parent them and raise happy, healthy, well-adjusted individuals. I just don't think that that's something that you need to have legislation. Um, and plus, I mean, isn't it, I, I, I mean, I would imagine it would be hard to even enforce, right? How do you enforce something like that? Like, what's the, you're going to have penalties? So far, it's been, I mean, we can all agree I think social media can amplify a lot of bad stuff. I think it's a tool just like everything else. I don't like to get into, now this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't subscribe to the universal thought that all social media is bad because I don't believe it is. I think that a lot of times we're using it as a variable to prevent from indicting ourselves, really. I don't think video games are bad. I mean, I think it's a tool. It's a, it's a, it's an outlet. It depends on the person and, and what approach they have to it. I don't think that, I think social media can be used for very good things, but it can also be very bad if, especially if you have minors that are unmonitored and it shouldn't be the government doing it. It should be the parents doing it. I just reject that argument that, well, not all parents do it. Thus the government must step in and do so. No, that is not a good enough justification. I just, I don't think that government should step in for that. I don't. I don't know. I just don't think so. I mean, what are you, what are you going to uh, have a age verification? I don't even know how you work it, how that would work. It just, people need to parent. That's all it is. I mean, how, well, I mean, your kid, I don't even know if your kids are on social media, Kane. Do they even use, I'm sure they use it. They're aware of it, obviously. Yeah, they, um, they, they're definitely on there. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, Snapchat, stuff like that. But uh, we have a lot of conversations, actually, about some of the content that they get on there. Some of it, they come to me and try to verify uh, some things. But they're not, they're not so on social media where it's like it runs their lives and their emotions and everything like that. Which is more, I think, how the younger, we're talking 13 or younger, uh, tend to use social media. Mm. They tend to, it drives their emotions and their actions. Some people say, but yes, you know that, that these social media uh, companies, they are engineering their products like TikTok and et cetera in order to exploit any sort of weak spots, psychological weak spots within the audience, et cetera, et cetera. And alcohol is also bad for you. Do you? So you monitor your kids. I mean, it's bad for you and, you know, if you drink a lot of it. But you also monitor your kids and you tell them this is not how we do this. And here's, you know, X, Y, Z. You as they grow up, you don't drink until, you know, your legal age, etc. 
I mean, there's everything. I just don't think it's social media. You're not ever going to be able to get away from it. It's here to stay. I just think it's a, I just feel like we're substituting where, where, whether it's video games, whether it's social media, it's, we're in a very, a digital world. And this just seems like a, an old timey attempt to curtail that. And you don't have the government do what the parents are supposed to do because otherwise you're just creating some kind of, even if it's just state, it's like a state welfare kind of thing, isn't it? I don't know. I know some lawmakers disagree with me and that's fine, but you know, I, we just don't, we don't need more government. That's the whole problem that we have right now anyway. And one of the reasons why we have parents that shirk their duties is because of more government. Government steps in when it sees a place where it can fit and it takes up that space in order to expand itself, in order to exploit weaknesses. It jumps in there. We don't need to create more opportunities for government. We really don't. I mean, the problem isn't social media. The problem is the parents. That's the problem. I mean, you could sit here and say, you could make that argument for anything. That also sets up a very bad precedent because if you're saying, well, it's detrimental to kids, there are a lot of things detrimental to kids that don't really fall under the purview of any kind of state or federal government to handle. There are a lot of things that are problems, period. But if social media is just a variable, the problem is bad parents. I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of it's kind of frustrating. I know, I know I was saying I, I know that me and Juan yes. are on the younger side, but if if you show your kid a YouTube video who's two years old, it's still going to get the advertisements from the Google searches that your his, that his or her parent does. So you can't yeah. avoid cookies, and it's just going to give you no matter the kid is going to see everything all the time, depending on how you parent them. So it's an unavoidable variable, as you said. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is. It, it's it, it instead of trying to ban people from it or avoid it. You know, just you need to teach people to live with it in a healthy way. Why are we not doing that instead? Uh, I'm sure you all heard now that James Caan, who played Sonny Corleone, has passed away. Passed away at the age of 82, his family said. I mean, yes, he was in a ton of other movies, but Santino Corleone was one of, oh, just, just sad. He was in, uh, oh my gosh, what has he not been in? He's been in everything. And obviously Elf. Who's an elf? That's, you know, one of my kids. My kids love that film. But they said it was on the evening of, uh, it was yesterday evening, and that was it. The The family uh, tweeted it from his Twitter account. So, he's uh, iconic. He was in, goodness, what, uh, Brian's song? He got an Emmy nomination for that. He was in Funny Lady, The Gambler, uh, Misery with Kathy Bates. That was crazy. So he has five children. You're right. Actor Scott, actor Scott Con. What is he on? What did you say he was on? Uh, he was on Hawaii Five O, but Hawaii, I think he's right. starting another um, Topanga Land or something. I think is what it's called. It's, it's another L.A. based uh, crime drama ish show. Mm. So that's going to be interesting to see. Interesting. But yeah, I've always liked Scott Con. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. No, that's sad. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And I I will say this, and everybody's going to hate me, but as a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. Right. Sorry. Hmm. You feel that? I know that for a fact. Hmm. She's a biologist. No, she is. That's Macy Gray, who is getting 
Oh, my gosh. The woke scold mob is coming after her because of what she said. And she was she tried to say, well, she was grossly misunderstood. And then she deleted it because you're never going to appease the rage mob. So she told everybody to blank off. She was on Twitter Wednesday and she tweeted, uh, quote, all of you coming on my page, threatening me and calling me names just because I said something you don't agree with. Be whatever you want to be and blank off. There you go. I mean, good heavens. And she actually even retweeted support from J.K. Rowling. too. So now they're going to wait. Are they going to start calling Macy Gray a turf? Trans exclusionary radical feminist. That's the sexist slur that men who appropriate uh, the women, a female identity. That's what they call women. It's a sexist patriarchal slur. So I guess they're going to say she's a turf now. They were doing that too. The left is eating their own on this subject. I mean, even Bette Midler got attacked for saying something pretty innocuous, and Mark Hamill. And because Mark the, Ham, I don't like Mark Hamill. No, no. Oh, does. I can't stand him. He is so annoying. But the left is eating their own on this particular subject, and it's kind of like popcorn moment. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, I am just waiting for the next. Yeah. So who else is going to join the turf club? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you got Dave Chappelle in it. You got apparently Bette Midler, J.K. Rowling, Macy Gray. I mean, who else is going to join the turf club? Good grief. It's craziness. All right. So today in stupidity came. All right. It's John Stewart. For whatever reason, he's uh, he's got a weird take on the Supreme Court giving that Dobbs decision back to the states. But this is his take on it, which I think is really stupid. What they're really saying is to save a life, autonomy means nothing. No. So let's play that out. We have an organ shortage in this country. Organ donation saves lives. Under this, how could they not go to a person and say, give me one of your kidneys because it's going to save this person's life? Unbelievable. I mean, he thinks that's actually a good point Mm. when, in fact, you know, there's nothing legal about forcefully taking someone's organs. But yeah, hyperbole. It's where the left is at when it comes to this. It's all about rallying the base for November because they literally have nothing to run on in regards to a successful administration. So that's, that's what we're getting. And yeah. I don't know what happened to John Stewart. Like over the last couple of years, he's actually been on the he's right track. Meaner. But in the, the last five months, for whatever reason, he's gotten he's a hell of a lot meaner. Gotten off track for whatever reason. He's like a cranky old man now at this point. He's gotten a lot, a lot meaner. And I don't know. It just seems, I don't know. I don't know what it is. All right, folks, that does it for us today. Tomorrow's Friday. Sign up for the newsletter, Chapter and Verse, on Substack. Have a great night, and I'll be back with you tomorrow.